1: everyone welcome to catch and shoot 2.0 quick hitter today it's all about the nba draft and we're looking at the top three players in this year's draft and we tell you where they may fit best every team is optimistic right especially those teams that reside within the lottery and if there's one thing that we've learned over the last few years or really over the last decade is that you can find a gym in the middle of the lottery And so that is what so many teams will seek out on Wednesday night, you know, hoping that they find their Giannis Adetokounmpo at 13 or they find their lottery ticket in the middle of the first round. Will it happen? We don't know. Could it happen? It's very possible. But we do have someone who is a pseudo-expert on this who's talked about the NBA draft, who is really kind of dove in deep into some of these prospects and he's going to know a lot more about them than you and I do. And that is Daniel Kaufman up here, Hoops Media. Dan, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. How's it going, man?
0: It's good. Thank you for having me. I'm psyched to talk shop with you guys. The, um, the draft is probably my favorite day, of the whole NBA calendar. So I'm, uh, I'm psyched to get that and free agency starting in the same week. That's that might be too much for me. I'll have to check in. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I can't wait. I think the off season is arguably even more fun than the regular season. Yeah, so, um, yeah I'm psyched. So yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So let's talk about the NBA draft. You know, a a lot of people, you know, based off the things that I've read, based off the things that I've watched, you look at this draft as a whole and people say it's a little top heavy at one, two, and three. Most NBA drafts are. But a lot of people also say that there's not a bona fide NBA star. When you look at maybe the top five or the top three prospects in this draft, what do you see?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting you say top heavy. I almost am inclined to say the opposite. Um, I think this draft is all about depth. Um, I mean, there's certainly there's no Luca, there's no there's no Zion here. Um, but I mean, it's like when's the last time that you've seen you know three or four different guys ranked at number one in a draft? Because I've seen you know I've seen Anthony Edwards, Wiseman, Lamelo, and Killian Hayes all all listed at the top of different big boards. So um, yeah, there's really great depth here, and I mean. Um, all, all the three main guys, you know, Edwards, Lomelo, and Wiseman at the top certainly have their their very real flaws. And so, um, you know, it's interesting. This I, I do think you would have to assume those three guys will at least be the top four. Um, but, yeah, I really, I really think anything can happen, especially if Golden State trades out of that two spot or if Minnesota trades out of the one. It sounds like Minnesota is, like, still aggressively looking for, for buyers, but I don't know if they're going to find one. But, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of see this as a depth draft. I think that um, – I don't even know if I would say it's a weak one because, I mean, certainly there, as I said, there's no star here or at least no, like, surefire star. But I think picks from, like, 5 to 15, there's a lot of really good stuff to be found. So, um, yeah, I'm a little higher on this draft, I think, than, uh, than a lot of people
2: are. Dan, so what what happens a lot, is, and you know this, um, you know, through covering and, and, and watching the sport, uh, March Madness happens. Mm. People get more and more they get more connected to players players' stock rises the deeper they play you know, typically not, you know not in every case yeah. how do you feel the 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 no march madness will will ultimately wind up affecting um, not, not players' careers but kind of the the next couple of weeks or, or or draft night
0: sure i mean it's interesting you say that because like the top three guys that we were lit you know talking about. None of them would have played in March Madness, anyways. Edwards, Wiseman, and Lamelo, because you know Wiseman and Lamelo weren't even playing in college, and Edwards, Georgia, probably wouldn't have made it. So, um, I don't think they would have. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. I think it helped those guys in a sense because you always have the risers in March Madness. Um, and so I mean, like the guy, the the one guy in particular that um, I really wanted to see was Obi Toppin, um, who I think is arguably the best offensive player in this draft. I think he's terrific. Um, and so um yeah and he's playing for Dayton so he really didn't have many chances like against Kansas at the Maui was really his best chance to to show himself on a national stage but that was so sort of early in the season too I mean Dayton was I think 29-2 when the season was suspended they were probably going to be a one seed so um someone like that you can really you know have them rise up I mean like last year you think about Jarrett Culver a guy who most people didn't even really know who he was until March Madness and then he really went on that run and um you know and turned to a, a, a top six pick so um yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it adds to this. This draft was already really bizarre, and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of speculation happening, and that's just going to add to it. But, you know, that's the world we live in, so we'll, we'll see what happens.
1: You know, Dan, one of the interesting things you mentioned is that you said this was a depth draft, and I think this is going to be a really interesting case study for some of these players that did elect to, to kind of, take that year away from high school and go overseas. You know, everyone knows about what LaMelo Ball did, but there's another player that's going to be around that 14 to 16 range, and he might be maybe in the 14 to 18 range, and that's R.J. Hampton. R.J. Hampton was another highly recruited guy out of high school, ended up choosing between a couple of schools, but ultimately went the New Zealand route. When you look at a guy like R.J. Hampton, how much stock are teams putting in the fact that they didn't even get to see him at a college level, and how much can they – how much – maybe is it difficult for them to evaluate him based on the level of competition that he played against this past year?
0: Sure. I mean, you know, it's definitely tough. I mean, I think the NBL from everything I've heard is not seen as like the strongest league. Um, and so, um, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, I think I, I'm high on I'm RJ Hampton. I don't think he had the greatest showing over there. Um, he wasn't playing on a very good team. He wasn't, he wasn't getting a lot of minutes, but, um, you know, I think that's when you really got to just look at the intangibles and look at the skills, the skills on screen. You see, um, you know because it's hard it's hard i mean even if you think at the college level i mean guys are playing different levels of competition different conferences play different styles of, of basketball and so um you know i think really you got to just sort of lean on your the intangibles you see and like the skills you see on screen rather than the uh, the matchups so much so um yeah you know it's something that even you know if you look at a guy like Edwards at at the one spot i mean like he's playing in such a bizarre situation where um where you know i mean like it's, it reminded me a lot of Ben Simmons at, at LSU where he's not surrounded by great talent and he's, it's, it's almost just like an audition for him. And so, um, you know, guy, even guys like at the, at the one spot, there's, there's all these questions you got to answer about him. So I think, um, you know, that that can apply to all teams, even the teams at the top.
2: Hey Dan, so your, your top three, who's, who's in your top three and do you think the Warriors are going to be keeping that second pick?
0: Yeah. I mean like you're saying my own personal top three. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, um, my top three would have to be um, Killian Hayes at number one, I think is the best player in this draft. Um, I think the way he controls pace and the way he uses his body, uses space, gets to his spots. It's just so rare for a kid who's 18, especially at, at point guard. Um, and so he would, be, um, he would be my number one guy. I, I think he's, he's just terrific. And then um, at two, I would probably have Abdiya, um, who I think – i don't know i mean i don't have any intel on what golden state's gonna do I, if they do keep the pick i think of dia would be the pick for them um just because i think he combines the high ceiling and high floor high floor aspects really well where he's gonna be able to step in right away and, and contribute for golden state um and he passes exceptionally well his, his game really pops in transition he has such a modern game in the way that he can really he can you can put him at any like you know two through four um and he just really sees the floor he's gonna be a secondary playmaker um and so, yeah, I just, I, that's, I like him there. And then I would probably have Edwards at three. Um, Edwards, Toppin, and then Ed Hayes would be my top three, I think. And then Evdia um, right there as well. So those four guys would make up the top four for me. Um, and so you, um, you mentioned Golden State. I mean, like every, you know, so many people are talking about Wiseman. And I think like, I think Wiseman has a lot of skills, a lot of potential. The, um, the thing for me, it's like, the question the Warriors have to answer is, are they building the best team they can build for themselves or are they building the team that can beat the Lakers? Cause that's, you know, who's, who's sitting right there that they're going to have to go through. The thing for me that I think is sort of a flawed concept of this is if the, the late, you know, the Warriors look at the roster and it's not reasonable to expect Draymond to be the guy who's matching up against Anthony Davis or Nikola Jokic. He's just not that athlete anymore. So the, the Warriors yeah, the Warriors look at the roster and they say, okay, we don't have a, a guy who can match up against Anthony Davis is Wiseman who like is essentially a high schooler. Is he that guy? Cause I don't think he is. And so like, you know, we haven't seen Wiseman play anyone pretty much ever who can match up with him physically. He really is, like, a, he has not played any meaningful minutes beyond high school. And so I think it's not – no disrespect to him. I think he has a lot of potential. I think he could be really good. I don't – for Golden State, I think if you're looking for someone to step in immediately and be that guy to bridge the gap between you and the contenders, I don't think that's Wiseman. I just think there's too much for him to learn. Um, And even as a rim protector, I have my doubts. He's really jumpy. He's His positioning isn't great. And so, like, I just think – understandably so for a kid who's only played three games beyond high school, two of them against mid-major competition, he's not ready to step in and be an important contributor for a team with finals aspirations. And it's rare a kid in his position would be. And so um, Avdia for me would be the, um, would be the pick at at two for Golden State, I think.
1: Daniel, tell me about LaMelo Ball. This is a kid that we've heard a lot about, you know, really since Lonzo was coming out of UCLA, they were still talking about him even then he plays overseas, but, but is the hype for real when it comes to LaMelo?
0: Lomelo is kind of one of those players who, when I'm watching him, I'm grateful that I'm an observer and my professional aspirations are not hinging on whether I'm right about him or not. Um, he he just scares the hell out of me. I mean, I don't. He's probably the most. It's him or Edwards. He's the most talented player in the draft. Um, I think his the passing is is every bit as good as everyone says it is. He is just an absolute wizard with the ball in his hands. He see. I mean, he he passes like Luca does. He has every pass. He sees everyone. The thing for me that really I'm I worry about with Lomelo is like, if you think about the best passers in the NBA, like the Luca's, the Ben Simmons, the LeBron types, those are guys who are talented enough off the dribble or athletic enough or however they they generate their offense. They are guys who you can put the ball in their hands and say, control the entire pace of the game. And so like, Lomelo has been able to do that. But for Lomelo's game really to stick, I think he has to be the guy who's controlling the whole game. And I don't think it's really realistic to expect that of him at the NBA level. I don't think he's the athlete or the shooter you need to be um, to do that. And so, like, my concern with him is, like, I don't know what it looks like when LaMelo is the third best player on a team. We've never seen that before. He's never not been the best player on a team. He's also never been on a team that isn't, like, centered around him. And so I'm not really going to, like, speculate on his personality and his willingness to, or ability to do that or not. But just looking at the basketball player, I think – for Lamelo's game to translate, he really has to have like a hardened Luca-esque, just like firm grasp on everything happening on the court. I'm not really sure he can do that in the NBA level. And so, like, I don't know. I mean, I think the pa- his passing is probably the best skill in the draft. Dude is really spectacular. Um, so I think like no matter what, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. Part of me hopes he ends up in Golden State and just sees what happens because that would just be a blast. But. Um, I don't know. I have my doubts, but at the same time, I, I could be dead wrong. I think the range on Lamelo is just enormous. Like he could be he could be a perennial All Star, or I also think he could not even stick in a starting lineup if, if things don't go well. So yeah.
2: yeah, Dan, you had a you had a good observation on, on Wiseman. Um, you know, could he match up against an AD? And you know, I'm like, uh, <laughs> perhaps not. <laughs> but uh, I was curious to get your thought on this. So we, you know normally the draft is in like, you know late June, and then the season doesn't season doesn't start until four months later. Now it's basically four weeks. And so mm-hmm. how how would you imagine or how could you see uh, guys who haven't played in a really long time, relatively speaking, yeah. now have this condensed crunch? Like, what do you think the, the impact of, of rookies will be this season?
0: Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a great question. I mean, I, I think it'll probably depend on, you know, like on the team from a, like a team by team basis, how they want to integrate their guys. And it obviously depends on the players, too. I mean, some are more advanced than others. That's, again, like just to, to harp back on upd like why I, I really like him is because I think he will be able to step in. He's played at a high level internationally. And I think he'll be able to step in right away and and contribute. But um, sort of besides the point, I mean, you know, if you look at a guy like Wiseman, I mean, the sort of like line I've been reading about him is like, you know, you expect him to be sort of like a rim runner and a rim protector first. And then hopefully the offense will come later on in his rookie season in his career. So, I mean, like, you know, I'm, I'm not in talent development. I don't work for a basketball team. So, I mean, like, you'd hope that, you know, guys can be integrated slowly but surely and, and sort of catch up from the missed time that, or the time they've missed. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on the player and, and the team and how they want to do things. So, I mean, for you know, if you look at a team like, um, like the Pistons, for example, I mean, there's, you know, they're not really in any position to compete. They're in the East where, you know, like, they're playing inferior talent a lot of the time. And so, you can sort of just let guys go and see what you have. Whereas like Golden State certainly does not have that luxury. Minnesota with the, top, the the clock ticking on towns does not have that luxury. Atlanta does not have that luxury. So some teams need contributions right away. And so I have to imagine that'll, that'll factor heavily into the decisions that these teams are making.
1: You know, Dan. You know, one of the things I keep thinking about is, NBA draft night is so exciting for so many different reasons, most notably because of the trades that do occur, you know, or the trades that aren't fully consummated on draft night, right? (laughs) Like you get the hat, but you don't necessarily know which team they're going to. There's been a lot of talk this year about teams that might be eyeing one of those top three spots. You know, you mentioned it earlier. Does Minnesota keep pick number one? Will Golden State keep pick number two? One team you know that's going to stay in that top three is going to be Charlotte. What does Charlotte need to do in this draft? How do they look at their roster? And then kind of a secondary question, what other teams might jump up from the mid lottery and try and get back into the top five?
0: Sure. Um, well, I mean, just to speak on Charlotte first, I think with them, it's you know I'm, it's certainly got to be best player available, so I mean, if they feel that's Wiseman, if he drops to them, I think it should be him, if it's Lomelo, it, it should be him. I think for them, like my thought on Charlotte is, so like one of my hesitations on Wiseman is I just don't think. Wiseman is the type of player you can build a true championship team around in today's NBA because he doesn't pass very well the spacing at least not yet isn't there um I don't really think that's a problem that Charlotte needs to worry about I mean like a team like Charlotte is so far off and like historically has been far off for a long time that like I don't think you're you're building your team with you know specific championship aspirations in mind you're just trying to build a competitive basketball team right now if you're Charlotte and so like you know guys like Devonte Graham and Terry Jere. I mean, they're not like bad. They're bad. they're not bad players. They can they can play and they can help you win. But you're not selecting at the third overall pick with those guys in mind. So I mean, if they think it's Lamelo, if he's their guy at three and he's there, they should pick him. It doesn't really matter if Devontae Graham is there or Terry Jere is there because you know they might not be there in two years. So like for me, I think it's really just best player available at three with Charlotte. Um, and you know who they think that is. I'm, I don't have the intel on that. But um, and then you ask about teams trading up from the mid lottery. I mean, I'm not really sure. I mean, a, a trade that I had seen mocked a lot was um, was Uber in the 10th pick for the second pick for the, in the mid-level exception of the golden state, which obviously isn't happening now because Ubre is apparently going to OKC. Um, so I really don't know. I mean, with drafts like this, it reminds me of 2013 where everyone was speculating on who like the Cavs wanted to trade down, you know, and like the the XYZ wants all depot and the mat the, the Cavs were going to trade down. But um, you know, in a, in a draft that isn't, you know, very strong at the top, like someone's got to want that pick. And so I've seen a, plenty of rumors about teams wanting to trade down. I have yet to see the rumor at the team that really wants to trade up. So, I mean, you obviously need both sides to complete that deal.
1: And if you want to check out the full version of Catch and Cheap 2.0, if you want to hear a little bit more about the NBA draft, free agency, and trades that are being consummated this week, check out the full version. It's courtesy of Pure Hoops Media.